0: Even though when we meet on a Good Friday, it's always this tension of what are the emotions that we're supposed to have? You know, it feels like almost like you're attending a funeral or something, but yet you know that the funeral was short-lived and that there is an Easter Sunday that comes. And so we live in this tension of knowing and, and still like practicing and worshiping together the fact that Jesus has died on our behalf. And so we do want to remember that, reflect on that, and have not necessarily a somber moment, but at least a reflective moment, uh, reflecting on what God has done for us. So I have a short uh, word that I'd like to share with you today. In our culture today, there's a, there's a push Uh, For our civil rights and personal freedoms to be paramount, to be the most important thing in our lives. For everyone to be able to be themselves. It's a you-do-you culture right now. And you do whatever you want to do, as long as it doesn't affect what I want to do, and then we'll all be happy. And the goal of this is to finally have the safety and comfort and the freedom just to be whoever we want to be with no complications. And yet, despite the the desire for this freedom and the the immense freedoms that we already share as a society, we don't seem to be any happier. At every turn, there's another person or group issue between us and the freedom that we think will finally satisfy us. A freedom that we think would keep us safe and secure. That seems so elusive. Jesus, when he was talking to a person about what it takes to find this freedom, said that if we never talk about fallenness, we'll never truly understand freedom. In John three nineteen to 21, it says this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. When we read a section of Scripture like that, we uh, overtly or, or subconsciously will think, Well, Jesus was talking about people who were truly evil, really despicable, people who do really wicked things. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of the good ones or the not really that bad ones. In reality, when comparing to others or to me, you might be good. You might even be great. But Jesus isn't weighing evil and wickedness through a scale of Despicable, bad, good, better, best. It's not how he measures it. I've got a rock here. If you look at this rock, it's just a plain old rock. There's nothing special about it. You could carry this, lo- this rock through life, and it would remain unfeeling, unresponsive, and only hard. Over 45 times This is how Jesus describes, or the Bible describes, an unredeemed heart. Here's just one example. In Ephesians 4.18, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. For Jesus, evil and wickedness isn't defined by what we do, but rather what we refuse to do, we don't want to come to the light because we don't want it to to expose what's actually in our hearts. Jackie Hill Perry describes a hard heart this way. And what does a hard heart look like exactly? It's simple, really. It looks like going through life like God isn't real or good or right or wise or true or our maker. Before the Spirit breathes life into us, we love the darkness and everything it creates. We take hold of the body that God made for us and tell it to obey us instead. We look to our neighbors in the face. We ignore the image of God in them and call them by a name that God would never say. Our arrogance is a liar to the point that in hell many are there who thought heaven would open wide just because they went to church, or because they sponsored a child once, or because they read a holy book before bed. We are so easily deceived, and even then, our hard hearts will stumble upon the truth and still treat it like a lie. It is such a heavy stone that we have inside, So heavy that if and when we are told how Jesus is the strong one, it or we won't move because we would do anything to keep God from getting too close. Why? Because the sinner's true condition is that they, or better yet, we don't want him, and neither do we want to look like him. On this Friday, we can be clear of one thing. None of us on our own would ever have gone to God. So God came to us. Theologian John Stott says this, the concept of substitution may be said then to lie at the heart of both sin and salvation. For the essence of sin is humanity substituting itself for God. While the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for humanity. In 2 Corinthians five twenty-one, it says this, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake. For our sake, light experiences darkness the sinless one bears the collective weight of all sin. The source of freedom redefines love by purchasing our freedom. So how do we see our role in the narrative of God reconciling? Do I try to bring my own element of righteousness that helps my case? Or do I know that It's all about the graciousness of God accepting a sinner like me as a friend. The thing is, our greatest need and God's greatest gift are the same thing. Forgiveness of sins. And to receive it, all we need to do is ask and pass it on. And so, as Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss, Jesus He still calls him friend. Only Jesus can. In Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, give you a new heart. Only Jesus can do this. A new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. If a stone... Is unfeeling and unresponsive and only hard, then flesh is tender, responsive, and capable of experiencing and responding to every feeling. What makes this Friday good is who makes us truly free. Freedom for us comes at a great price for him. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for giving your life for me and for us. Forgive us our sin. Heal our hard hearts. Help us to be more like you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen.